Getting split Getting ready. Split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Welcome to Getting Split Ready with Douglas Katz and Mariah Carey Pleasant. The next segment of the show is brought to you by Military Divorce Pro. Life in the military is hard. Constant moves and deployments can stress a marriage and family, and unfortunately, this can end in divorce. Like everything associated with military life, military divorce is tough. Different laws in different states, along with military rules and regulations, mean that you need a specialist. You need a pro. Our divorce military pros are well-versed in everything that you need to know to move through your divorce and on to your next mission. Military Divorce Pro is a member of the Split Ready Divorce Pro Network, the premier place to find professionals for your Split Ready team. Check out Military Divorce Pro and other divorce pros at splitready.com. Click on the Build Your Team tab. We're going to talk a little bit about taxes, right? Death and taxes. Luckily, divorce isn't the, the other inevitability. Uh, and divorce our tax and expert tonight is Mark Macknick, yep. founder of Mark Macknick, CPA, CVA, CDFA, and MAFF, which really boils down to he does expert witness information uh, or expert witness testimony. Correct. As a CPA, forensic accounting expert, which I think is interesting. I want to talk a little bit about that. And an expert in business valuations, which I'm sure plays into divorce sometimes. It does. So to get things rolling, why worry about taxes during divorce? Well, there's a lot of divorce has a lot of tax implications. Um, you know, like we were talking about, uh, you know, with children, um, we got rid of the the new tax law, got rid of the exemptions, but we still have child care credits, we still have education credits. So that's something that needs to be addressed. Um, you know, before the divorces, you know, who's going to claim the kids? Uh, and, you know, the tax implications, what's going to happen. So it used to be that the lower income earner in the couple could potentially see more benefit from claiming the kids as exemptions. How has that changed with the new tax law? You know, it's a case by case basis. You know, we always uh, kind of run them, especially when we're doing the taxes for both parties after the v- divorce. Um, a lot of times they'll come to us and say, okay, is it more beneficial if I claim the child or if my spouse does, then we'll kind of work it up each way. And then if they're on good terms, they'll have a little agreement between them as to, okay, he'll get a bigger refund, but then, you know, he'll give me a little more of that. So if I'm thinking about a divorce and I think taxes are still kind of this realm of the unknown to a lot of people, they're Uh intimidating and scary. So I'm thinking about a divorce and I come to you because you're my friend. I'll be like, all right, thinking about a divorce, what do I need to know about taxes that could bite me in the butt later? Um, like I had a good situation today. I had the exact same thing, and it had to do with retirement plans. <clears throat> you know, what what should we do with these retirement plans? Um, should we take a lump sum? You know, should we roll it over to an IRA? So that that's kind of what we look at on uh, that's the main stuff on the divorce is the retirement planning. You know, what what'll happen? You know, like right now we know what the tax rates are right now in 10 years, we don't know what they are. So sometimes we'll say, okay, let's roll that over to an IRA right now. Let's take some distributions, you know, as opposed to holding off. I wanted to jump into the forensic part because that really is interesting to me. And and anecdotally, you hear people talk about, geez, if you're thinking about divorce, like wait a year and hide money and do all this kind of stuff. (laughs) Talk a little about the role of a forensic accountant in the divorce process. Um, A lot of times, 
the forensics will happen if one spouse does think the other spouse is hiding money. Um, what we'll do is, uh, in some cases, we'll do a lifestyle analysis, saying, okay, we know that here's all the, you know, we'll back into the income. You know, here's all the expenses. They have to at least make this amount of money. And, you know, if it's way off, we know there's hidden money somewhere. What, what From our attorneys here, what, when do you when do you see that happen? Do you see the same kind of thing? It's like, all right, this is time i got to bring in a forensic accountant. Typically with businesses, mm-hmm. you know, self-employed parties. Exactly. That's that's really the big one is businesses or yeah self-employed small small businesses small to medium size because uh, some of them I've I've seen can like saying ooh you need to have someone look over these books here as you got money going all over the place. Yeah, in uh in regards to like business, I I've had uh you know I know one case where I worked for you know a few days just trying to determine someone's income for child support purposes. Right. You know, as a business owner, you know, we, of course there's the wages, there's all the perks, all the benefits, you know, the add up the cars, <laughs> the distributions. The expenses. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then, um, yeah, on the business valuation side, it seems like a lot of time the business valuations will turn, will start out as a business valuation, but then it'll turn into a forensic. Mm-hmm. You know, once you start going through and say, hey, th- this isn't right. So if I'm looking at divorce pro se, which a lot of people do statistically, and I think my spouse may be hiding money, which a lot of people do, um, <laughs> what would be some red flags that I would be looking for? Um, so like some of the best places to start, obviously, um, a tax return. Okay. You know, looking at the tax return, you see some dividends, some interest on some accounts that you, you know, you, you've never seen. You know, or if you could get a transcript of the tax return, see what the IRS has. And anyone that's on a tax return can order a transcript, correct? correct? So if I haven't been paying attention to my taxes for the last decade and just signing them, I can call and get... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can actually go online and get a uh, copy of your transcript. Or it's like a statement of account, everything the IRS has on you. So so that's a good place to uh, to start is the, uh, the tax returns. And then we kind of move from there to bank statements, just, uh, you know, the obvious stuff. And then if you get a bank statement, then you see maybe a transfer to an account that you've never seen before, then that'll open up that avenue. Is that kind of the same as a FOIA request? Yeah. Okay. Now, how does that change the when, when, when you're involved in a litigated divorce? I know you don't, do you, you still do litigated ones? I have limited litigation. Okay. When, when you're in that situation or when you're in something that is on the surface, Somewhat amicable, and then all of a sudden, red flags pop up. There's a business valuation going on. Someone's hiding money. Talk a little bit about how that changes the face of the divorce, and how do you kind of try and keep it together as friendly when you found someone's had. It's really not financial infidelity because they're already getting divorced, but but some degree of hiding. Well, but it is. You know, there's this. I send them right on to the mental health professional when they realize <laughs> that. You know, although the tax return says that there's a $35,000 income, it's really 200000 and, you know, all of these things they're trying to hide and they want to pay support based on this number or they want to collect support based on this lower number and the payor paying a higher number. Right. If I were to have a client, like, throw around saying, like, I think someone's hiding money or something like that, I always advise them, okay, just... You know, it's like we do have to prove that, that they're hiding money. And that would, I'd have to advise them, well, if you want to hire someone, like a forensic 
uh, uh, accountant or someone to look over the books or anything like that, business valuation, you're going to have to pay for that. Yeah, it's typically cost prohibitive, but they can do a lot of the work on their own. You know, we have a lot of clients who will analyze the bank statements and just look through item by item Mm -hmm. and go through and they can, if they have the wherewithal to do it or they have someone else who can help them do it. There'll be situations where they'll come to me and they've done all that. And, you know, I'll basically tell you, you know, you've done most of the work, but, you know, they just want me to look it over and say, okay, where would you go from here? So that happens a lot. I think, too, even when it's expensive, um, in a lot of the cases, and correct me if I'm wrong, that we've seen, the cost of the forensic accounting or the lifestyle analysis is usually paid for by the findings or often paid for by the findings if there's a substantial reason to do the work, right? If it's not just based on accusations, but based on, I don't know what this account is, I don't know where this money is going, we spend 20000 a month, but his income is 40000 If there's reasons to look, usually that cost is going to be recouped, I think. Yeah. Do, do, you ever, do you ever find, like, other weird stuff? Like, obviously, you know, you're going through all this, and we're talking about just, like, money being hidden. Yes. But if you're analyzing someone's lifestyle, and they've been mm-hmm. hiding something, do you ever find, like, really weird stuff? Yes. Um, I, I did one What's where, the weirdest? Uh, well, yeah, I know. They have that, right? There was one I, I did. Um, his, his W-2 wages were about 85000 and when I got the bank statement, his deposits were a little over 300000 for the year. Mm-hmm. So as it turned out, they were payday loans. Wow. You know, going to get a payday loan. I thought loan. you were going to say his name was Heisenberg and yeah. he was making and, some uh, meth. And what it turned into, he was getting payday loans to pay off the previous payday loans. And it was just a, a cycle, oh, wow. um, some type of vice. Uh, once they kind of found out, you know, my findings, he came clean. You know, he didn't want to go any further. Wow. Yeah, those things can really um, be a scam. What, what it was, I, I never found out. Wow. Because it was cash. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we're Now, are there times where you're working with a forensic accountant and the divorce seemingly is not about some kind of infidelity and then all of a sudden the forensic accountant thing happens and you look and go, whoa, uh, look at all these bills right. going somewhere else. To the other family. Uh, right. Right. Wow. Boy, they like yeah. hotels. Yeah, trips, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, theater, jewelry, hotels, lingerie. Yeah. Corsets and high heels. Really? That stuff you see that stuff on there? I just mm. yeah, we just wow. a week ago that was like corsets.com or something and there's a corsets.com. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a sponsor. <laughs> oh, sorry, they could be a sponsor the next yeah, Another sponsor. Groceries and yeah. corsets, we got it. Uh, yeah, I, I just had one where I was analyzing the credit card and uh there's a name of a corporation and I, I questioned the person and I'm like, what is this corporation? Well, it turned out to be an area strip club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but he he loaned his credit card to a buddy. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Good friends. Of course. Yeah. The credit have card the was compromised. Pre-strip club exactly. agreement. Go ahead. Well, we're talking also about an ounce of prevention. So with couples, I often encourage financial literacy, and that couples because the, these types of conflict are about control and power and information in the relationship. And if one partner isn't aware of the couple's financial standing, that probably isn't a healthy situation. So I always encourage people to ask and to become aware and to become involved and to have an active role in their financial life, regardless of what their partner does for work or what their level of skill is or knowledge in that area. I agree 100%. I mean. There's a lot of times, especially uh, it seems to be in the older couples, th- they have separate bank accounts. 
you know, like I met with someone the other day. Well, this he doesn't know about this. This is my fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, that happens all the time. You, see, the, you see these little separate. I'd be interested to see how cryptocurrency is affecting some of that, where you yeah. get, where it really is not. Well, like if someone buys cryptocurrency, can can it even be tracked through? Not really. The other interesting yeah. technology. I hope this isn't is, becoming a how-to. Uh, Venmo <laughs> and PayPal. Yeah. Yep. Because yes. you can hold funds there and you can hide them pretty easily to the person who's not looking for them we the same way they used them, to be. Though. Yeah. yeah. We, I have clients that buy gift the, uh, cards at the grocery store mm-hmm. because their husbands won't let them buy shoes or something. So right. then they, they just buy gift cards at the checkout line and it gets filed as the grocery right. store and then they go buy their shoes. Right. Or the cash back mm-hmm. at the grocery store. Yeah, the cash store. back <laughs> now shows up. The cash yes. back now shows yeah. up. Having, right. So I'm having flashbacks of times when it's like it is generally with uh, older couples where it's like saying, oh my, there are four other retirement accounts that weren't accounted for. Wow. Hey. And I'm sure people put away cash. How do you deal with that if, if people are, you know, we were talking about cash back, but there's some people who are in cash businesses and things mm-hmm. like that. How do you even begin to find mattress money? You know, it's, it's either like a lifestyle analysis right. or if it's a business, you know, you use some industry guidelines, you know, like a bar is a good, you know, example Whereas, you know, your cost of goods sold should be 30, 35%. If someone's at 80%, you know, we're, we're, the cash isn't going in the drawer. But if there's, if it's put into cash, there's no, there's nowhere to find it, right? So ultimately, no. is, the proof, is it hard to prove where it went if they're just like, ah, I keep crappy books? A lot of times we're not worried about where it went. We're just worried about identifying that, it that it, yeah. it's, it. It's, yeah. it's out there. So the example is the guy who doesn't make it, is unemployed, doesn't have bank accounts, yet somehow lives in a $300,000 house mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is going to work. You know, there are text messages saying, oh, I have to work. Really? So that's <laughs> when we enlist the assistance of a private investigator they're, to say, you yeah. know, here they are going to their job site. And, there are always signs. Yeah. How are, are they getting signs. paid? Yeah. You, you know, with the, uh, like the credit cards, you know, a few years back, the credit cards started sending statements to business owners on how much they took in for the year. And that kind of dinged a lot of, you know, like cash businesses, sure. you know, you know, I had, I had a business that, you know, the tax return, all the, you know, we added up sales. Okay. Your sales are $400,000. And the credit card thing comes in, he pulled in 550. Right. Like whoops. <laughs> but typically, that's when we need the forensic accountant. Yeah, so I think I think like the takeaway from here yeah. is know your circumstances and and make the choice accordingly. I think a lot of people probably come and say, ah, "I got I got a great accountant already." Well, that accountant could be helping the person hide the money and things like that. So ultimately, <laughs> really finding good accountant. what's that? Yep. Yeah. They have a really good accountant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Man, so must be really finding impressive. someone who's good. So again, you're listening to Getting Split Ready. Thanks. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.